Let us now open our Bibles, and this morning we will turn to the Old Testament. Once again, we will read from the prophecy of Isaiah, and we will read several passages in this prophecy from chapter 9, chapter 59, and chapter 60. And beginning then in Isaiah chapter 9, we'll read the verses 1 through 7. Isaiah 9, beginning at verse 1. Hear then the word of our God. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and up to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so far from chapter 9, then we turn to chapter 59. Isaiah 59, the verses 9 and 10. Therefore justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light, and behold darkness, and for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like the blind, we grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at noon as in the twilight among those in full vigor. We are like dead men. And so far from these verses, and then we turn to Isaiah 60, the next chapter, reading the first seven verses. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising." Lift up your eyes all around and see, they all gather together, they come to you. Your son shall come from afar and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and exult because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify 
my beautiful house. And so far from the first part of chapter 60, and then we turn to the last part of this chapter, reading the verses 19 to the end. There we read, The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. Our text for this morning's sermon is found in the second last passage we read from Isaiah 60. Our focus will be on Isaiah 60, the verses 1 through 3. And let us read those three verses again. And there we read, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. And so far the text. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, arise and shine. Arise and shine. These opening words of our text sound familiar to me. What about you? You ever have someone come into your bedroom while you're still laying in your bed in a dark room and greet you in this way? Arise and shine. Most cheerful morning call, isn't it? Now, perhaps you weren't ready for that call especially if you're in somewhat deep and dark mood. Maybe you're enjoying a good deep sleep and then you have that call. Now this is also how we are greeted here in our text of this morning. And these opening words of Isaiah 60 really get our attention. We are told here, yes, to arise and to shine. What we have here in the opening words of Isaiah 60 is God's wake-up call, you can say, for his people, for us. A new day is dawning for us, for Zion, but the light is not from the sun outside, but from the glory of God shining on us, his people. And you might be wondering, how is this possible? And what does this mean for, for us that we need to arise and shine. Sure, at this time of the year, the sun doesn't shine so long and so brightly, but we're told here we as believers is together, but also individually are to shine brightly. We are to reflect the glory of God in Jesus Christ to those around us. And this call of God to arise and shine was most encouraging to God's people 
returning from exile in Babylon. For they knew of dark times. By their rebellion and sin, they have brought darkness upon themselves. And with this call, then the darkness of sin needs to give way to light. Now, these are words which we also need to hear. Or don't we also find ourselves, you could say, in, in dark situations? How many of us may be weighed down or burdened by certain sins? How many of us are also dealing with difficulties with respect to our health? How many continue to grieve the death of, of loved ones? How many deal with despair and dread with respect to straying children with respect to our mental well-being. So yes, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we, we need the light of the gospel. We need the light of our Lord Jesus, yes, to lead us and to comfort us. It was about a month ago we, we remembered how the true light that gives light to every one of us was to be coming into the world. And so God says of him that in him there is no darkness at all. And it is in the light of Jesus Christ within us as church that dispels the darkness which so easily engulfs our life and very much engulfs this world. And it's this light that we are to reflect in our lives in this dark and dreary world. And so let's hear God's word this morning summarized in this way. The Lord calls out, arise and shine. And we'll look at the source of our light and then at the spread of our light. And so here we are. We're in the, in the last part of that lengthy prophecy of Isaiah. And this part of this grand prophecy seems to be focused here on the great expectations for God's people who would eventually return from exile in Babylon. Now, upon their return from exile, the people of God would find that their homeland, their promised land, in a very sorry state. Everything had to be rebuilt from the bottom up. In addition, the the morale of God's people was already down. So very few of God's people actually returned from exile. They were just a remnant of what they were before. And so you could say that the circumstances of their lives together, individually, were, were difficult and dire and, and, you could say, even dark. And yet, the Lord God was truly committed to graciously gathering his people to himself. And that's what we read here in the opening verse of our text. Here God is, is speaking to his people, to Zion, to Jerusalem, and listen to those stunning words, arise and shine. This is God's invite to them to stand up, to shine brightly. Now, to arise and shine, beloved, we all know it's only possible through the powerful working of God the Spirit. 
You read about the Spirit actually in the verse just before our text, in the last verse of chapter 59. And that Spirit needs to be at work if we are indeed to arise and shine. The fact that this command is given shows that God's people were definitely down and out. God's people, also known as Zion, are pictured here and also elsewhere as a, as a woman sitting in dust and ashes, lying down in weakness and shame, being sent away in chains into captivity. And yet we're told also of God's people in Isaiah 50, because of your sins, indeed you were sold, because of your transgressions, your mother Zion was sent away, And then it's also said of Zion in in chapter 52, verse 1, Yes, awake, awake, O Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, O Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and the defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dusts, rise up, sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. What you see here is that Zion, God's people, are seen as a woman sitting in dust and ashes, mourning, grieving, having been sent away because of sins. And of our sinful self, Zion cannot arise and shine. And, and so we have this very powerful call of the Lord God. And he has this call go out here through his prophet Isaiah. And he says, yes, then arise. And God would enable his people to arise. It's by the Spirit that they would arise. And that same call comes to us to also arise, to stand up. And not only to arise, but as we read here, also to shine. That's the second command that's given here. Yes, having received from the Lord his own light, which is true salvation, Zion is able, yes, to radiate, to shine that light out. Were not for the light of the Lord, that is the light of his salvation resting in us, we as Zion, as, as God's people, could not arise and shine at all. And so, yes, the reason for God's command here to arise and shine is is given here as it says, next, yes, for your light has come. Is Zion, Jerusalem's light has come. Notice the use of the perfect, has come. That's how sure Isaiah is of this coming light. And who exactly or what exactly is this light? Well, salvation in the Lord is this light. Just think of Psalm 27. We know the words of Psalm 27, the opening words so well. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Yes, it's the light of the Lord God that is able to dispel the the darkness of ignorance, of sin, of evil. And so you see the source of the light we are to shine is in the Lord God. The light comes from him. Note carefully what it says here in our text. Yes, arise, shine, for your light has come. So your light, my light, our light, which we are to shine, has come. 
but it has come from outside of ourselves. It's come from the Lord God. And that's reinforced by what we read in the second part of this first verse. Yes, there it says, much the same. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We need to understand that the light of the Lord is nothing less than the great display of the glory of the Lord. This is who the Lord God is. He is light. He is glorious. And so like the blazing sun, so the glory of the Lord has risen upon God's people on Jerusalem, yes, subjecting these people to its full and shining light. Sure, this glory is displayed in God's beautiful creation around us. But this glory, this light is also shown in particular in the history of God's salvation for his people. For as we know, the Lord God had shown himself to be light before. Just think of when, when he saved his people out of the land of Egypt. How was he present there with his people as they came out? He was with them, with, as it says there in Exodus, with a pillar of cloud and fire. And this is what gave them light in the darkness of the night as they were about to cross the Red Sea. And yes, this, this cloud of glory, this cloud of great light led God's people through the wilderness. The same cloud of God's glory, of God's presence, came to rest in the tabernacle, the tent of God's presence. And yet when Israel rebelled in the days of Samuel, his glory, as we're told, departed from them. And then the glory of, of God's presence, the light of his presence, came into the temple in the, in the time of King Solomon. Remember, he was the one who built the temple, and he finished building it, and the light of his presence came to rest on the temple. And then when, when later on Israel turned away from serving the only living God, to serve other gods, idols. And we're told in Ezekiel 10 again that the glory of the Lord, the light of the Lord, departed from the temple. And as we go then through redemptive history, you can see there needs to come a greater light. And indeed, that's what's being promised here. God would bring an even greater light into this world in his son, Jesus Christ. That's what we read in Isaiah 9. Well-known passage, Isaiah 9, in view of the coming of the Son of God. We're told here that he would be born as a baby, born into this world. And just look at what we read earlier there. Look at the opening words of Isaiah 9, verse 1. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. But in the later time he had made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the nations. Not a very promising scene that was taking place at that time. We're told what was happening. The people who walked in darkness, though, have seen a great light. 
Those who have dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Well, what is going on here was this was a time of deep darkness for God's people. Isaiah 9 was the time of King Hezekiah. The ruthless Assyrians had invaded the land. They had encamped around Jerusalem. They were com threatening complete death and destruction and desolation for God's people. Yes, times of darkness, and yet there is the mention of light, the coming of the light. There were more of those times of darkness for God's people. We, we read about that in Isaiah 59. There the prophet reminds God's people that, that this darkness has been brought about by their sins. You read about that in verses 9 and 10. So justice is far from us. Righteousness doesn't reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness for brightness, but we walk in deep shadows like the blind. We, we grope along the wall, feeling our way like men without eyes. At midday we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong we are like, like dead. Again, you see scene of darkness. And Isaiah makes it clear God's people are lost in deep darkness because of their sins. And that's what we also read about here in our text in Isaiah 60 in verse 2. There is a mention again of darkness. Just look at those words of verse 2. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. Again, we see darkness, symbol of gloom, oppression, and sin. But notice that the extent of this darkness is going further than just God's people. This darkness shall cover the earth. Thick darkness will cover all the peoples, as it says here. And how true it is with the fall, the disobedience of our first parents in paradise, this entire world was enveloped with darkness. And we still live in a world where so many live in sin, live in darkness. They're alienated from God. They're alienated from each other. They live without hope. They're doing the deeds of darkness and left to themselves, they love the darkness instead of the light. You could say that the grip of the prince of darkness in this world remains very strong. Yet even though darkness covers the earth, the Lord will arise. He will arise as the sun upon Zion. For yes, as going back to Isaiah 9, the Lord promises to send his son. He's promising to send the light of the world into our world there he says in Isaiah 9, The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. And then he goes on to say, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And yes, this child as the true light was coming into the world, as you can read in, in John 1, it's the true light that gives light to every man was coming into this world, and that's what Jesus did. He came into this world. He came to Bethlehem. Remember what happened there in Bethlehem? How the bright glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds around the time of his birth. 
And then we look in the second part of verse 2. The Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Yes, this is the reality that comes to us in Jesus Christ. That's what we sang about in, in the song of Zechariah, well-known song. God in his tender love has blessed us with his Son, who is the radiant morning sun who will rise and shine on us forever. We just listen to those words again. He from on high in his tender love will bless us with the glorious day on which before our eyes the radiant morning sun will rise to shine on us forever. From death's dark shadow he will grant release. And when its tyranny shall cease, will guide our feet into the path of peace. And Jesus said this of himself. Just check out John 8. While he was here on earth doing his work, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so you see, our Lord Jesus, he is the light of the world. In him there is no darkness at all. This is the kid's song goes, and we all know the kid's song. Lord, the light of your love is shining. In the midst of the darkness shining, Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. And then we have that refrain, shine on me, shine on me, shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. And beloved, God has let his light shine into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so we have been called out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Yes, once we were darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. And we're called then to live as children of light need to show the fruit of light. And what is the fruit of light? You can read about it in Ephesians 5. The fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And at the same time, we have to have absolutely nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, and instead we need to expose them. And so I ask, what are we shining forth in our daily lives? Are we shining forth the fruits of light. May we all in the power of the Holy Spirit be shining the fruit of light to those around us. May we all be living as children of light. And this light, this peace, this salvation imparted to Israel will draw nations out of the darkness. Because that's what we read next here in our text in verse 3. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And what we see here then that this light, this salvation in the Lord Jesus is not just for one nation, but it is for all the nations. Not just one nation, but all the nations need to be drawn out of the darkness. Not just the Jewish nation, but also the Gentile nations. All of us, yes, we need to be drawn to, to Zion, to the light of Jesus Christ within her. Now, this is not the first time in 
this prophecy that Isaiah speaks of, of the nations, the Gentiles, being drawn to the light of the Lord in the midst of Zion, in the midst of his people. You check out Isaiah 49, verse 6, where God says of the Lord Jesus, I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. For yes, the world had been in deep darkness until the coming of Jesus Christ, the light. There's hope indeed for, for the nations of the earth. From being surrounded by darkness, they are to be drawn into the brightly shining light of our Lord Jesus, which is shining brightly in the midst of his people, in the midst of his church. After all, did not our Lord Jesus say to his people, you are the light of the worlds. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden and he also said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so what we see here is there is a grand future for Zion, for God's people, for us as church today. Sure, many more, many more need to be called out of the slumber of sinful darkness into the marvelous light of the gospel. And so let us heed the call of God through the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Ephesians where he says, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's the call we have, yes, to each one of us here to rise from the dead, to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Heed that call, yes, then, to walk in the light of the Lord Jesus. Yes, this is the command of the Lord to give witness. This is the command, yes, to thankfully reflect the salvation we have received in Jesus Christ, the light. Yes, today the light of God's glory dwells in the church, in us together and individually and the world needs to see this light. It needs to be drawn, and it too needs to be enlightened of the glory of God here in the midst of his people. Yes, this light of salvation will draw the nations yes, into Zion. This is why Zion is so glorious. She is the light of the world in that through her, the true light, even Jesus Christ, shines forth. As we're told here of Zion, nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Oh, this light doesn't come out of Zion ourselves. No, it comes by God's grace in Jesus Christ. And notice who is being drawn in, not just nations, but also kings. Heads of nations all need to be drawn in, all need to be drawn to the brightness of her rising. May this be true for us also here and for many churches around this world. And so you see that this light will shine far and wide. There is no corner of this world which the Lord does not seek to enlighten by the light of the gospel. And so we see, yes, nations and, and rulers come to Zion, to the church, and participate in the light that is in the life and the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. For if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we indeed have fellowship with one another. 
and it is the blood of Jesus that purifies us from our sin. And beloved, there will come a day when in the words of Isaiah 60, verse 19 to 22, that the sun will be no more your light by day, nor for brightness will the moon give you light. But the Lord, the Lord alone will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning will be ended. You hear those words about our future? Those words are about the future kind of echo what we read later on in Scripture, in the very end of Scripture, in Revelation 21. There too, we're told the city that is the new Jerusalem will have no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God shall give its light. And its lamp will be the Lamb. The lamp will be the Lord Jesus. And by its light will nations walk and kings of the earth will bring glory into it. That's what we need to look forward to. There are great prospects for, for Zion, for God's people. How wonderful that day will be when we will walk in the full light of the Lord where no shadow of sin can fall upon us and where no darkness of any kind, be it of despair, of disease, and death can hinder us. On that day, all our sorrowing and mourning will cease. How this ought to lift us out of any present sorrows, fill us with hope of what is to come on that last day. If such thoughts of future bliss should encourage us now to be faithful to the Lord Jesus and not to hide the light he has given us under a bushel, is may the light of the gospel us truly transform us and change us. And whatever light we have, let us by God's grace display all that light for those around us, those we interact with. Yes, may the light of the gospel shine brightly in every circumstance of our daily lives. Let such living in the light of Jesus Christ be our testimony as church to everyone living and working and playing around us. Yes, by the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, let us arise and shine. Amen.